The reading this morning is from Jonah 3, verses 1 to 10, and Lou will be continuing the series on Jonah. So then the Lord spoke to Jonah and a second time, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message that I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day that Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard that what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and he took off his robes. He dressed himself in burlap, burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. And then the king said, and his nobles, sorry, then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herd of and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn away from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done, and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Lou and we thank you for all that she has brought to us so far in such a short time. And we just know that you're going to just bless her this morning and fill her with your spirit as she delivers another message from you. So we ask, Lord, that you would do exactly what I've just asked. You would fill her with your spirit so that as she delivers your message, it would reach each and every one of our hearts. Fill us with your spirit too, Lord, so that we can receive the message that you want us to hear. Help us to open our hearts and open our minds so that we can be truly transformed this morning. It's so easy to come here and just let the words come in one ear and go out the other. But Lord, we pray that you would help us to listen deeply, hear deeply from you this morning, so that we may be truly changed in your name. So thank you, Lord, in preparation for what Lou is now about to bring us. Amen. Well, good morning again. As I was preparing for this week, I, uh, I found this little clip. It hasn't really got anything to do with what I was going to talk about, but it just made me smile, so I thought it might make you smile, really. I thought uh, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of truth in that as well, isn't there? Of our age-old uh, ability to um, just stick our head in the sands, really. <laughs> in a place of uh, jeopardy, but just carry on doing that. Mm. So, as I, was, uh, as I was preparing for, um, uh, for this morning, I uh, was sat at home in my study... And uh, this means I have a freedom of music choice because Ian was at work. So this is a good thing if you know what his music tastes are like. He likes that heavy, thrash, noisy stuff, uh, which is a noise. I think that's what you call it. Well, yeah. Is it called thrash? Is it called? I don't, what is it called? I don't know. Just a noise. 
but um, so I was able to have my music on without him sort of going, oh, really? Um, and my music was on shuffle uh, when I was reading through Jonah chapter 3. And on there came a bit of ABBA. Now, I'm sorry, whatever your music tastes, having a bit of ABBA on your shuffle list, it's not a bad thing, is it? Thank you. Sorry, who said that? No one's going to... Who? Hello. <laughs> ABBA's a good thing. It is. It's good. They're very good. Yeah, they are. Anyway, the song that came on as I was reading through Jonah 3 was the Take a Chance on Me. You know the one, don't you? Um, no, I'm not going to sing it, but it is the one that's got that little bit in it that goes, take a chance, take a chance, take a, take a, take a chance. You know the one, don't you? I'm sure if I started, we'd all join in, but we won't. All right, we won't. For the simple reason that very rarely do my kids ever listen to my sermons online, but you could bet your bottom dollar that this would be the one that they do, and I will never hear the end of it. So I am not going to go there. Anyway, as I was listening to this, take a chance on me, reading through Jonah 3, it just came to my mind that this could almost be the soundtrack for this story of Jonah. It could almost be a, a soundtrack for the story of Jonah. The word of the Lord... The word of the Lord. How does the word of the Lord come to Jonah in chapter 3? See, we, we, can, we can sort of like hop over this bit to get to the bit, but just in this first little bit, we realize something incredible. It comes a second time. It comes a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And you know what this means? It means however useless... However disobedient and not really the right bloke for the job Jonah seems to be to us as we read this story, God sees something different in him. God sees something different in Jonah. And God speaks his word to him all over again. And in fact, that word comes to Jonah exactly the same, doesn't it? Have you noticed that? This second chance that God is giving Jonah does not come how you and I might offer a second chance. Or maybe I should say, I know that it doesn't come how I would. Because if I was going to give second chances, or a second chance, it would probably come with a little bit of small print. Yeah? A reminder of how badly it had been done before and that actually they really did owe me big time for even having contemplated allowing them to give things another go. That's quite often how second chances come to us, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, you don't. Fair enough. Uh, that's what it appeared to me, anyway. Um, so this second chance, though, this moment when that soundtrack seemed to have increased in volume and we can hear that, take a chance, take a chance, this second chance comes along and it seems to wipe away everything that had gone on before. It's as though that by the time we get to Jonah chapter 3, chapters 1 and 2 have been cleared from the memory banks. That's how it happens. That we've completely forgotten about the fact that God's already said this to Jonah once and he's scarpered in the opposite direction, been swallowed by a great big fish, puked up on a beach. That's all completely wiped out. This is though it's coming almost like for the first time and yet it isn't the first time. This is the second time. This is the second chance. This is the way God gives second chances. 
And we know this, we read about this kind of thing in other places within our scriptures. The psalmist writes in Psalm 103 verse 12 that as far as the east is from the west, this is as far as God takes all of the stuff that is just wrong about us from us. We hear as God speaks to his people through the prophet Isaiah, reminding them of his ability and also his desire to blot out all of their sin and all of their wrongdoing before him. In Isaiah 43, I, even I, am the one who blots out your sins and transgressions and remembers your sins no more for my own sake. What does it mean? It means that God longs to be close to us and he longs for us to be close to him. But the stuff that we do gets in the way of that. And because he loves us so much, he deals with it. In Jesus, he deals with it so that we might know his love and we might be able to come closer to him. This is how we see God here dealing with Jonah, this very incompetent, disobedient, reluctant prophet. And let me tell you, this is the way he deals with you and this is the way he deals with me too. None of us were really all that great when God spoke to us, when he called us by name, and yet he still called to us. He still reached out in love and saved us. Since we first heard his call, since we first realized him drawing closer, him drawing us closer to him, some of us have known we've completely stuffed up, we've blown it, we've done stuff we shouldn't have done, and we haven't done some of the things we should have. But the God who is at the heart of the Christian faith is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. He is the God who justifies each one of us. He is the one who in Jesus makes it as though our wrongdoing has never happened. Each one of us saved by grace. What does it mean? It means no one of us is any more special than anybody else, anybody else in the eyes of God. We are saved by God and loved by God and it is completely unmerited. It is just a lavishly abundant, unmerited gift of God so no one of us can boast. So I wonder this morning what God's word is to you. I wonder what it is that God by his Holy Spirit has spoken into your life at some point and that maybe you've just placed it on the back burner. Maybe you've not meant to ignore it, but it maybe it just seemed not the right time. So you thought, well, maybe one day, but not now. I wonder whether somebody here has heard the call to take a chance, to take a chance on God, to take a step of committing themselves to saying, yeah, actually, there might be something in this Jesus and God stuff, and I need to take a step towards finding more out about it. I wonder whether some of you have heard the call to take a step of committing to church membership. Maybe someone here has heard the call at some time to serve Jesus and to sign up for a particular task within the fellowship, within the church family, to serve Jesus in full-time ministry, to serve Jesus overseas, to serve Jesus by speaking and preaching the gospel, to serve Jesus by sharing your faith with the people around you and you've thought, well, it doesn't really seem like the right time. And you've not gone for it. Maybe the word has called for you to forgive somebody who's hurt you deeply, to reconnect with someone where a relationship has broken and you've recoiled at the thought of it. What is it that you have heard God speak into your life 
and call for you to do and to be? What passion has he sown into your life for a country, a people, a situation that you know you've just not really taken action on? You've not taken the chance and the opportunity that he's offered to you. Maybe once you were at the center of of church fellowship life and now you feel a bit on the edges. Maybe once you were here at every opportunity and now it's quite difficult to make yourself get here. Well, the word of God comes this morning a second time. Or maybe it's the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, I don't know, but it comes again, the word of God, this morning in this place with regards to steps of faith that wait to be taken, with regards to baptism, with regards to membership, with regards to deeper involvement, with regards to accepting a call to serve, to act, and to be the Jesus follower, the disciple of Jesus that you were purposed and created and called to be. The word of the Lord comes to you this morning, wherever you might find yourself. However much you might feel you've completely blown it, his voice speaks to you again this morning come closer to me so that you can go and do and be all I have purposed and called and enabled you to be in Jesus. You see, God's call to Jonah reflects something, I think, of the way in which God called out to Adam and Eve right at the beginning in the garden. You know, right at the beginning in Genesis, when God created the beautiful garden And every day, he used to walk in that garden. Why? Because he loved being with Adam and Eve, and they loved being with him. But then when they did a bit of apple munching that they shouldn't have done because he said, don't do it, and they did it, they realized that they'd taken a decision to do something that God hadn't called them to do. And they hid. When God came walking in the garden expecting to find them, to be with them, because he loved being with them, they hid. But you see, God doesn't do what I used to do when all of a sudden our kids were little and they were upstairs playing. You know that moment when your kids are like really quiet? And you don't say, where are you, my darlings, do you? You go, what are you doing? What have you done? What are you up to, don't you? You know? That's not what God says when he walks in the garden and he can't find them. What have you done? Where are you? What are you up to? He doesn't. He says, where are you? Where are you? Not let's be avenue, like Auntie Delia. (laughs) But where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And as his word comes again to Jonah and he calls him again to take a chance, this is what he's really asking. He's asking these same questions and he's answering them really. Jonah, where are you? Where are you? You're here on this beach because I love you. You're here on this beach because I've saved you. You're here on this beach because I haven't finished with you yet. You're here on this beach because I have a plan and I have a purpose for you. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Because I know why you're here, but what are you doing here? Go from this place and go to Nineveh. Go to the Ninevites. I know you don't want to, but go to the Ninevites. Because before the beginning of all time, I knew that you were the one who was going to be able to take the message and that they would listen. Go and do what I've purposed you to do. Go and give them the message I will give you. The God of second chances, the God who gives second chances, you see, is also the one who says, why don't you take a chance on me? Come on, Jonah. 
Why don't you trust my word? Come on, Jonah, why don't you trust my call to you? His word calls Jonah and moves him to the very center of his calling and his purpose. It reminds him that he is called to a very particular place. A great and important place to Nineveh, a place that we know was vast and huge. A specific place, not really like the place that Jonah had tried to escape to, Tarshish, which seemed to be a bit vague and distant and ethereal, a place of hopes and dreams. Nineveh is real. Nineveh's got dirt and dust and sinners and buildings. Nineveh is a place on the map in a way that Tarshish never was in this story. Not only was he called to a particular place, he's called to a particular people. A people who just happened to be the sworn enemies of Israel, but a particular people. People who had abused their power. People who had become a nation that many were going to rejoice to see suffer destruction, disgrace, and ultimately wipe from the face of the earth. A particular place and a particular people and a particular word. Jonah was given the message that he had to speak in this place to these people. It was a message from the creator God for them. It just wasn't the message he wanted them to have. He wanted them to be wiped out, but the message he was given was a message of hope. It was a message of grace. It was a message of saving power. The God of second chances, the God who says, take a chance on me, calls to Jonah again. And his word comes a second time that Jonah might be moved back to where he should be at the center of God's will for him. He calls him to a particular place and a particular people, and he arms him with the message to speak. Nineveh was not a glamorous calling, let's be honest. Nineveh was not a popular calling. Nineveh was not an easy calling, but... It was the one that God in his grace had bestowed upon Jonah. And Jonah, to his credit, he went. Out of obedience, I think it was probably reluctant and angry obedience, but he went. And God worked an amazing miracle. A nation, a whole great, vast, massively huge and godless nation turned around completely and were saved. Not many prophets actually lived to see such a wonderful thing happen after they'd given their message, but this grumpy, disobedient one does. This morning, this God of second chances, the God who says to you and me, take a chance on me, is the one who calls each of us to a particular place, here in Lowestoft, but also to the particular places that you will be called to this week. He calls us to a particular people, to those around and about us, our neighbours, our communities, the people we queue up in the shops with, I don't know, the people you work with, the people you're at school with. He arms us with a particular word. Salvation comes from the Lord. Turn to Jesus. He's the only one who has the words of eternal life, the only one who loves you enough to die for you, to give his all for you. The thing is, I wonder, do you believe that this message could turn the community around? Do you believe it? I do. You might be pleased to hear that. Because <laughs> it could be a bit awkward if I didn't, couldn't it? It's happened before, hasn't it? Revival's happened in Lowestoft. It's happened before. It could happen again. Do you believe it? I believe it could turn the whole of even Suffolk and Norfolk around. I believe it could turn nations around. And let's be honest, the world needs it at the minute. 
because there's not a lot of hope out there, is there? But maybe you think to yourself, well, do you know what? This isn't really a very glamorous calling. It's not going to make me lots of friends. This isn't a glamorous calling here in the middle of all this, surrounded by people who live just a stone's throw from here, but they don't really seem to want to know anything about Jesus or the church or God or anything like that. If only God had called me to somewhere else. If only God had called me to people that seemed a little bit interested and wanted to know. You know, I always used to joke that I'd, I quite fancied um, being called to be a minister on the Gold Coast of Australia. I know you might find that hard to believe, um, but I, I thought that it would be great if I, the Lord might call me to work overseas. Uh, and the Gold Coast of Australia seemed a reasonable place for the Lord to call me. We'd been on holiday there, I've got family there, we'd been to a little Baptist church that I thought probably could you know, quite well benefit from having me and Ian there. Not being big-headed, but you know, it, it would have been all right. And I prayed, you know what, Lord, maybe you've put a passion in my heart because this is obviously your will. <laughs> it didn't turn out that way. I tried reverse psychology as well. Oh, Lord, please do not send me to the Gold Coast of Australia where it is warm all the time. I would hate to have a swimming pool in my garden and I would hate it. It would be awful. So far away from family. It would be terrible. No, the Lord didn't seem to take me up on that because it wasn't his will. It might have been mine. It might have been my idea. It seemed a good idea, but it wasn't God's idea. Maybe where God has placed you, you don't think it's a great thing. You wish it might be somewhere else. Well, let me tell you, if it's God's place for you, it will be the best. It will be the best. The fact is, we are all here in this place, and we need to realize that the soundtrack that plays in the background of our lives and living, whether we hear it or not, has always been and will continue to be Take a chance on me. Because my love is strong enough to last when things are rough. Take a chance on me. I won't let go of you. I love you. I've called you. Take a chance on me now, even here in this place this morning. You see, God is patient with us. He'll give us time to work through our issues until we finally come to the end of ourselves and we take that scary step of faith that he might be asking of us. The word of God, the God of second chances, comes again to you and to me and says, where are you this morning? Where are you? And what are you doing here? What are you doing here? So will you take the chance that is offered this morning? Will you take the opportunity that is offered to you in Jesus this morning, the word of God that comes again to you and for you with regards to faith, baptism, commitment to membership, deeper involvement, acceptance of the particular place and people and message that draws you back into the very center of God's will for your life, for our life here together. The word of the Lord came a second time to Jonah. The word of the Lord comes a second time to each and every one of us here in this place. Will you accept it? Will you hear it? Will you go and do and be all that you are purposed and enabled to be in Jesus Christ this morning? Let's pray. Father God, we just simply want to thank you that you are the God of second and third and fourth. and fifth. You are the God who just gives endless opportunities for us to know you, 
to draw close to you, to be healed and made whole by you. We thank you so much for your love for us, the love that has pursued each one of us from the beginning of time. Lord, where you have spoken words into our lives that maybe we've just ignored, maybe we've thought, maybe not now. Lord, we pray that you would give courage to us this morning to accept the opportunity and the chances that you are giving us for whatever that might be. That you would help us to be courageous. That you would help us to be obedient. That you would unblock our ears and you would soften our hearts. That we might hear, that we might receive. But that when we go from this place, we go changed. Because we have stepped into the very center of what you have called us to be and to do for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.